and um, the e-center is scheduled for 6th of April. Should you be able to make it there? Uh, that will be the first of its kind on African and Mediterranean soil. Um, it's a very, it, it's, I don't want to say it's a very large, but it's quite large, and it's going to help a lot of farmers improve their productivity in agriculture. Like she said, I am Aziz Oluwale, and I'm here to speak, I mean, on the topic given to me, annexing available resources to position myself in 2021. You know, one thing we did in, in Farm Connect was what we call exercise baradi. Was it exercise or operation? Operation baradi. Operation baradi. Operation baradi was, um, okay, the new year is coming. How do you get into the new year? What are you going to get out of the new year? Because like I always say, it is very important for us to be deliberate in everything we're doing. So the same way I appreciate this, that, okay, this is 2021. The first month's gone. Second month is drawing, drawing fast to its end. Perhaps in, um, if you don't take action before you know it, you open up your eye, the first quarter is gone. So it is important that we look at it and see how we can still maximize um, our potential for the, for the year. I want to appreciate the authority of the church. Um, thank you very much, sir. I want to thank you for inviting me um, to, to allow me to stand on this altar. I'm not a pastor, so I don't think I'm really fit to be here, but um, I'll deliver as much as I can, and I hope that I'm able to bless someone today. So um, maybe when I say slide, you just help me strike it. So um, slide, that will help us to coordinate. Annex. I just try to interpret the topic. Annex. That's to attach or to append. Now we say, okay, annex. What does it mean? To take something smaller and add it to something that is bigger. Then that gave me a lot of inspiration. So I went further to find out what could attach mean. It means attribute importance to something. So then. And I'll go into the next slide. I said, to attribute importance or value or add especially something, I mean, especially to something that is larger or more important. So I put it, our, our topic this way, that attributing slide, please. One more. No, I guess you're, you're too fast. Slide, slide, oh, go back. You, you missed a slide. I, I hope my slides are complete now because the slide is missing. Okay, so I wrote it this way. I said, attributing importance of value to the seemingly little things around us and adding it to the more important us so as to make our 2021 and beyond greater. Now, why did I have to redefine it this way? Because I, first of all, need us to understand that in the whole equation of success, of greatness, of spiritual success, everything, we tend to underestimate our own self. We place values on so many other things, someone else's attributes, and then we always tear our own selves down, or the opportunities or things that surround us, we tear those down, thinking, that, oh, it's commonplace. Yes, I used to find myself in the same situation, like... When I go to the farm, for example, I look at the farm, I couldn't see what I, what's on the ground. I always see what is in my head. So I tell people, ah, I say, what's, what's exciting this person? And I was genuine. I'm not trying to, 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 to form humility like, 
What's exciting this person about this? But I discovered that until you actually value those little things, you can't even utilize them. You can maximize them. So I have some four questions slide. Um, why am I not making a difference, at least in my own self? Do you ask yourself this kind of question? Perhaps in your private place. Why is everything just the same way? It might not exactly be in this form. I remember when I was a kid, my mom would say, Koko faili, ko pasi, ko kuro classic or no? It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not passing, it's not failing, it's not leaving the class. Just allow my English like that. So I said, the second question is, why is the, what is the most important factor of growth? What are the resources that I have? Because I always feel I'm naked. I'm just one of the most unfortunate person. Every other person could do that. He could dance. He could write. He's a good driver. He's a good swimmer. He's a good sportsman. He's a good pastor. He's a good business person. He has ex excellent acumen when it comes to business. But when it comes to me, I am just empty. Maybe you feel like that, yeah? And then you may be asking the question, can my vision ever become a reality? Can I ever make my vision come to pass? So I want to start this way. Perhaps by the end of this course, I might be able to answer the four questions. The first thing I want to ask is this. Are you a waiter or a go-getter? A lot of us are waiter. And I think misunderstanding the church word for I'm waiting on God is one of the things that also make people become complacent, inactive, docile, and say they are waiting on God. That's, you got a point. That's not if waiting on God. That's not what it is. If you understand what it is. So are you a waiter just waiting for things? And then the question is, waiter, I have something I wrote here. I said, waiters help customers to eat. They help the restaurant to sell. Why they are just running the same cycle. So he goes to the kitchen, he picks the food. He goes to the clients, oh, lovely, thank you, fine woman, fine man. He goes again, he picks, and he goes there. That's how he spends January 1, 2, 3, 4, 31st, November, December 31st, a whole year. Several thousand of people have gone and, and they've been satisfied. The industry had made, the restaurant had made money, but they kept on running the same cycle. So the question is this okay. Whether you're a waiter, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting for? Okay. Are you waiting for the right time? Or you're waiting for opportunities to come? You know, I said, um, everybody has his own time. I mean, um, what they used to say this thing. Uh, there's a thing that there's time for everything. That if it's not your time, it's not your time. The day I discovered in the Bible, he said, thou shall arise. And have favor, and have mercy upon Zion. He said, because the set time, yeah, the set time. That is the time that is aligned for it. Yeah, the set time. That is, of course, I'm sure that the time that is aligned for it is now. One day, I had an inspiration that took me beyond thing that, okay, understanding time. That you know that God... Is not limited by time. He can compress time, he can expand time, he can eradicate time, he can put time back in place. Time was made by man for regulation purpose. I started reading so many things about it. Perhaps I'm waiting for opportunity. My own chance never come. 
Every, I remember in the Navy, when your superior is doing something, you say, wait for your time. <laughs> so you too, you kept waiting for your time. Maybe you're waiting on government. How much has the government or government around the world disappointed their people? Friends and family, you're so entitled. Your uncle is rich and he's not helping you. He's such a stingy person. Almost every rich man I've ever seen is a stingy person. Someone will always talk about how stingy they are, how wicked they are, how heartless they are. When I started building wealth, I understood why those people are like that. It's perception most of the time. Perhaps you are waiting on God. So you folded your hand waiting on him. So many times, what we wait for, many times we wait for providence to help us with our destinies. A lot of time, we keep waiting for God to come and rescue us. For something to just happen. For luck. I don't believe in luck. When I went to write the exam when I was still in secondary school, someone wanted to tell me good luck. I said, no, I don't believe in good luck. I read. When I'm going to exam all, I knew if I would pass or I would not pass. Before writing the exam, before seeing the question, I already know. Because if I'm not well prepared. So now, when I now still go and I now see the question, I say, ah, okay, this one fell into the category of things I know. Maybe I will make 60. Maybe I will make 80. So there's no, there's no good luck anywhere. Perhaps you believe in this one slide. Que sera, sera. Que sera, sera. Whatever we be, we be. The future is not for us to tell. Que sera, sera. Maybe you... Like someone that believes in that, what we be, we be. One of the things I used to tell that makes me and my Muslim friends not to be really in good frequency is when I talk about, I don't believe in God has done written a destiny and I'm playing it out as if I'm a Nollywood actor. You don't tell me that. Then it would be very, very unjust to judge me because you wrote me. I just played out the script. So if my script is to become an arm robber, if I play that very well, I should be well rewarded for it, not with hellfire, with a very good mansion in heaven. Perhaps even give me the opportunity to steal from, heaven, from art, rob a mansion and carry it to heaven self. Because I'm a very good arm robber. You wrote me to be that. You called me my destiny. What we be, we not be. Let me break your heart slide. I wrote here, everything you are waiting for is waiting on you. Everything you are waiting for is waiting on you. The time is waiting on you. The vision is for an appointed time. When you're looking at it, time no waiting for nobody. Time is ticking. Yes, time is ticking. But the time for your fulfillment is waiting on you because you have to step into it. Be of season, be out of season. Redeem the time for the days are evil. Redeem the time for the days are evil. Create the opportunities. Influence governance. Instead of you thinking you need your members, um, your family and friends, why don't you turn the table around and let them need you by adding value? And I want to say to you, God needs you. I'm not one of the people that believe that God does not need you. Yes, you might not be anything, um, you might not feel fantastic or anything about yourself, but I learned something in the Bible that God is not a waster. And God cannot keep me alive if he just wants to keep me 
alive to be occupying space. Everything is for a purpose, even the weaker for the time of destruction. So if it keeps you alive, there is a purpose. You discover that otherwise you're wasting your opportunities. Now I say slide. I say God is waiting on you. You are waiting on God and God is waiting on you. Now let's imagine God got up and is sitting down right on this chair and waiting for Aziz to come to Elebu to have a meeting with him. And Aziz is sitting in Kolakposhola I'm waiting on God to come and move him from Kolakposhola. Perhaps I'm even praying, Holy Spirit, move me now. Say, Brakwash, you're there. Are we going to ever meet? We keep waiting. God is waiting on you. You know, something that unleashed my destiny was this the earnest expectation of all creature awaits. I mean, it's an earnest, it's an impatient expectation. It has to happen because you don't have the time. Await the manifestation of the sons of God. It's one of the destiny unlocking encounter I ever had. Sometimes 2008. Oh, it's even here, slide. So, let us ask some questions. Slide. Why did God, why did God make man? Please, who can help me answer this question? Why did God make man? One or two persons can just tell me. Somebody is raising his hands. Um, okay, this is not farm corner. I cannot force people to answer. You know? I can still ride on pastor's authority. Uh, oh, yeah, now, somebody, just one person or two. You can never be right or wrong. Why do you think God made man? Thank you, man. I like the lady in pink. I thought you raised your hand. So that we can fellowship with him. Who has another question, another answer? Who, okay, I am for her. Thank you, the man in red. To maintain the earth. Okay. I like to, two answers. One says, so that we can fellowship with him. And the other says, so that we can maintain the earth. But the truth is this. For me, for my discovery, I disagree with the one that says, worship with, fellowship with God. Yes, when God made Adam, he was always coming in the eve of the day to worship with him. That means to fellowship with him. Yes. Essence of fellowship is nurturing now, when my father comes to me and chats with me, one of the things that made me to understand who my father was, because he always, when, anytime we had a time to talk, because we were cat and dog, but every time we had a time to talk, he would always talk about sincerity, hard work, integrity. Sincerity, hard, so every time, the only thing I knew about him is that sincerity, hard work, integrity, is a wicked man. Sincerity, but those words, in the few times of fellowship, remained in me, and when I decided growing up to become a man, I couldn't let them go. Fellowship helps to put the path of a child in the right, um, to put the legs of a child in the right path. Okay? But, I saw something. It said, I'm reading from Genesis chapter 2. It said, these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth. When they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. He said, and there was no man to till the ground. 
in Revelation, you see the description of the elders and angels worshipping God. Even Satan was in part of the chorister. So God was never lonely. Consistently, everything declares his glory. The firmament. Consistently. If it was just about to worship God and fellowship God, we shouldn't be walking. We shouldn't be doing anything. We shouldn't be eating. We just sit down and be in a place and just be fellowshipping with God. Hallelujah forever. But it will not take us long <laughs> before reality will hit us that we need to do some things. He said, and there was no man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the old face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So, does that mean man was not living? No, man li had life in it. I, I listened to something I taught sometimes ago. In the, in the journey of creation, God started with a single dimensional existence. Plants. Body. They don't have minds. They grow, they react, they exhibit every characteristic of living thing. Then upgraded to animals. Which had souls. Then upgraded to human that had a living soul. Which has the ability to connect to the spirit of God. And because of the connectivity was the reason why God could descend in the evening to fellowship with us. Because there's common communication link. Rather, I would have done that with a dog, gorilla, chimpanzee. Perhaps with snail, cockroach. But we're, you're not existing on the same pedestal. So he coming to nurture us to be able to maximize the potential that we hold in us to live like him. Now he said, okay, I, I, now hear this. And the Lord God planted a garden until after the man became a living soul, he didn't plant a garden for him. In the Eden, and there put the man whom he had formed out of the ground, made the Lord God to grow every tree, every tree that is pleasant to the side. Now let's go to the next slide. So I said, why did God make man to till the ground? Till stands for nurture, manage. He said, and God made man. He said, and in his image, he made them. Male and female. So let's make man in our image and in our likeness. To do what? To have dominion. Please don't see dominion alone for I match Satan level, I match Satan head, I match my enemy. Dominion simply means influence. Um, is a human having influence on the earth? Yes. This is influence. The car you drive is influence. Utilizing the air to fly an airplane is, is influence. To have influence upon everything, whether it is the animal on the earth or the fish in the soil, I mean, in the waters, or, or the trees in the, in, and the herbs in the, in the forest, everything to have influence on it. It is when they have that, he said, and do what? And dominate it. When I went to check the word domin dominate, it comes from the word dominion. And it's not that you just, you, just, you just have influence and things start responding to you. I discovered that you have to bring into submission. So that is the influence of man. That is the, um, the, the, now I have another question, slide. How did he make man? How did God make man? I asked um, some people in my office yesterday, they said he made man from sand. 
the made man from this. Then I said, the answer is in the image of God. Now, the question I have next is slide, what is the image of God? But before I read that, let me say, then God said, let us make man our image after our likeness. Is, it, is God short or tall, slim or fat, muscular or, or lanky, fair or dark, hairy or is it Negroid, Caucasian, um, African, Mongolian? Woo. Our look are too diverse to say this is how what God looks like. So it's not meaning literal physique. Now, okay, he has two legs, he has like Movi had suggested to us. We may ask our question, ourselves question, what is the image of God? Slide, please. I said here, I said the image of God is the image that turns darkness to light. And the earth was void and shapeless, and darkness covered the depth. And the Spirit of God overs upon the depth, upon the waters, upon the darkness. And he said, let there be light. It's a is an image that turns void to something, to substance. It's an image that takes shapelessness and makes it to take a form. And of course, it's an image that makes nothing to become something. Maybe I'm going somewhere. So, slide. And who is that image? I said, that image is you. I love this song. I'm fearfully made. I'm wonderfully made. I belong to God, I'm the apple of his eye. I'm fearfully made, I'm wonderfully made. I belong to God, I'm the apple of his eye. So, who are you? You are, first of all, you need to realize that you are a creator. And if this doesn't sound too offensive to you, you are a God. And I say to you, ye are God and sons of the Most High. But they just die like men, men. Ye are God and sons of the Most High. You are God. Is that in the Bible? Um, Psalm, I think Psalm nights, I've forgotten. So the most important factor, slide please, is in repositioning your life is you. So we first need to establish this fact. The most important factor is you. It's you. I like this um, advert of Peak. Peak Meek, it's in you. So, would you sit down? <laughs> sit down, relax. <laughs> I remember when I was ADC to the Minister of Defense. The woman had exceptional energy. Two hours she can she could be. One day I was so sick. I'd been stooling. I read the, the sheet was here, about to drop. The stomach was doing. My eyes were stalling. And this woman was reading and she refused to stop reading. I stood there for almost two hours. I was almost dying in pain. I was just wondering if I could just step out. And I could not. And I, was, I think I was even in a, in a particular uniform that I cannot just mess around. Slide. <laughs> that is suffering and smiling. So not taking responsibility for your life. Please. I'm waiting, I'm waiting on God. I have faith. It's not faith not to take responsibility for your life. I always say to people, I like the way my father puts it. He said, God helps those who cannot help themselves. 
See, everything you can do, God will not waste his time doing it for you again because he's only giving you the capacity. One of the blessings of your life is the capacity that he had put in you. Then what? If you want to excise faith, why don't you stand and excise faith for your car to move? Let me tell you something. I'll tell you two, two simple practical experiences I have had. You may not believe in the, you may not believe this. I believe in the existence of God. I believe in his power to do anything. But I believe that he doesn't waste his time doing things he should have done. I'll give you two examples. One day in NDA, we needed to take haircuts. And there was no money. And if you don't take haircuts, there's what we call coconut festival. Coconut festival means that they will take you to your immediate senior and they will be knocking your head. Cow, 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 cow. And you can have that encounter like 50 times before Wednesday. By Wednesday, they will stop disturbing you. But between that Monday and Wednesday, the knock you will receive might make your brain to knock for the whole one month. So, my friend and I were broke. We didn't have money. We went to fellowship. We came back in the evening of Sunday and then kaboom, they are going to do checking for us in another two hours. How are we going to do it? And I told him, I said, I believe God can do anything. He said, eh. Then I had a dead clipper. It wasn't working. I brought it out. I put anointing on it. The clipper worked. Yes. Why did I use that example? So that it's not that I'm trying to tell you that God does not set in where you in he sets in in the time of need. Because miracles are deliberate action of God, you can't manipulate him into it. You can you can fast 150 years, he does what he wants to do. So you have to understand that there are points that you have to take responsibility for. It is not faith to be irresponsible. Of course, it's not humility to be irresponsible. It is cowardice. You want to shift the responsibility of your life to a supreme God, to providence, or to shift it to someone else. So you want to blame everybody around you for the things that befalls you because you have been irresponsible. Everything that happens to you, everything, if you harness it, is going to end up putting you on the path for greatness. God can never do me bad. Does that mean I don't see bad experiences? I have a lot of unpleasant experiences. But when it comes, I say, God can... They'll say, you, you always relax, you always smile, you don't have pressures. I say, I have problems. A lot of problems, but I've learned to trust that God can never do me bad. So I take responsibilities. It is when your faith fails, when your strength has ended, <laughs> that it now comes in. As long as you can do it, it will not drive for you. Just imagine you being a husband that loves God so much and you spend 50 years praying and your wife just have belly like that. And you say, ah, no, I want to be holy. I don't want to touch woman. And then she became pregnant. When you come out, what will the first thing you be asking? What happened? Her ogre. There's one song uh, we used to sing in, in, the, in the army. So it's very, it's not so clean. It said, um, um, it said, um, since I marry him, I know they touch him. I know they kiss him. Who can give him gunguma? gunguma, ewa. You know? It's cowardice not to, take, not to face your life. You know, the thing is this. We don't like unpleasant situations, but we will face it whether we like it or not. So why sit for it to come to you when you can go to it? 
Now, he said, now, see this. Cowardice, I, I wrote something that's very, very annoying here. I said, and gods and cowards are hellbound. Yes, I saw it in Revelation 21.8. That the fearful, let me read it. I think, the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderer, the whoremonger, and sorcerers, of course, the idolaters, and every liar, not the white liar, white liar, green liar, yellow liar, all of the liars, shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. And brimstone, and this is the second death. So, <laughs> being irresponsible, of, of course, might mean that someone is hellbound. Now, so I said in the next slide, I said, you are a creator. Slide. You are powerful. You are limitless. You are godlike, and you are creative. I am not trying, I'm not, I don't believe in motivation, whatever. I'm not a motivation, motivational speaker. I just try to share my experiences. So, you have to decide. Slide. Now, I said, let's look at this sixth dimension of you. And perhaps by the time we talk about that, we'll be able to answer the first question about you. Self-awareness. Slide. Self-awareness. You see, how much of yourself, slide, how much of yourself do you know? You don't even know your strengths. You don't know your weakness. You don't even know how God speaks to you. You don't even know the depths that you are in your work with God or with your career, in your career or anything. You, how many times do you evaluate yourself, your relationship, your spiritual strength, your challenges, how you, are, your, how you tackle situations? 